behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Hello and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. This is Nicole Briggs. I'm still your host um, to this day. Today was kind of gloomy because of the wildfires. Um, If you don't believe in climate change, it's very real on the West Coast here. Um, The sky is orange and we are doing all we can to breathe clean air. In the midst of all this, just one more thing for 2020. But today we have another treat, another great guest. Travis Phillips. Um, He's an amazing artist introduced to me by a mutual friend. Um, He is a man of many trades. So let's welcome Travis to the show. How you doing? Hello. Hello, Nicole. I'm I'm doing well. I'm blessed. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yes, um, I am so excited to talk to you because while it's been such a crazy year and I feel like every artistic medium has um, moved its attention to the issues at hand and um, I don't think that we should take our foot off the gas especially this year so much is at stake um, when we talk about the election we talk about politics when we talk about just the civil unrest that's occurring around us and um, you know these conversations are happening with everyone, with friends, with family. And so I'm so um, grateful that I got to meet you through Philip. He's an amazing spirit, kindred spirit. Um, and um, I'd love to just kind of get into right away um, who you are as an- um, what we should know about Travis. All right. Um, well, uh, likewise, I am, uh, I am uh, honored to be on your show. Um, with a progressive mind like yourself. Um, Travis, I, that's my name, and I am for fairness. Um, you know, the the wiser I get, um, I just try to live by this model, you know, uh, right is right, wrong is wrong. And, you know, when I, when I wrote the song, um, Wake Up, I, I really, you know the the music it was it touched me in a way and it it, it touched me in um, a very conscious way uh it, it made me uh delve deep uh in um my culture uh my history my knowledge and um and i just when i created that that song um it it, it just it spoke to me and it's very telling because i wrote that song uh, a little while ago and it's still prevalent to this day and I think that people need to really look at themselves in the mirror and ask themselves what do they want you know uh, for a pe- for uh, a humanity um, it's the world is so cynical and 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 it seems like we are every time we take two steps forward, 2020 it seems like we're taking you know a few steps back and I really think it's time for things to come to the forefront uh with uh with politics with like you mentioned with uh you know uh global warming with race relations with uh finances with uh poverty with uh homelessness um uh and let's let's talk about the elephant in the room the hate the hate this country uh, has thrived uh, for centuries on um, just unfairness and hate and uh, inequality, um, and particularly uh, for a disenfranchised community like African Americans, uh, Black folks, uh, we have been um, marching. Uh, we have been protesting in peace and solidarity and you know 2020 has really turned its face uh, 
and, and made people really look at themselves uh, for the first time, I feel, in, in, in my lifetime and in, in a lot of, uh, like, in my parents' lifetimes. Let's tell the audience, um, I, I mean, I'm coming from a, I guess what they would call a cis black female background. How do you identify just so that they know since they're just listening to our lovely voices and not viewing our lovely faces? <laughs> Um, I am, I am, I am, I am black. I am, uh, I have, I have different ethnicities in me. Um, but my makeup is black. That's what I identify with. Uh, that's what I grew up, uh, with, uh, in in my, my black family household, uh, black culture. Um, that, that's all I know. And when, when I think of, black when I think of African-American I just I, I think of strength I, I think of love I think of, of humor I think of uh, togetherness um, you know uh, there's a lot of propaganda out and it's been propaganda uh, and it and it um, it shows you know the black community uh, it, 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 sh- it focuses on the, the negative the disenfranchised the, the, the crime but it doesn't show how hard we've worked uh, and how hard and how hard we're working to still see some type of change. And we're we're fed up. We're fed up. We're you know uh, we're pe- yeah. We're we're tired. We're exhausted. It's like they're talking about the result, but they're not talking about the cause. Right. Um, and and just so everyone knows, you know, wake up is a song that Travis wrote that's a conscious song and conscious uh, rap or R&B or a little bit of both from what I understand that it is gets kind of um, a bad rap a lot of people are uncomfortable with politics a lot of people are, don't want to bring it up you know when you go to a bar they say don't bring up race religion or politics because that's respectability politics right you want to keep everyone calm and happy and being nice and when you do that you you bury things that you're really actually feeling you're burying your intuition so um things weren't i will say they've always been bad but they're just bubbling up because we're having such a tough year and and it's hard to keep up bullshit when you're under stress and pressure um we're in this pandemic uh we are under poor leadership there's demonstrations and protests going on outside but when you wrote wake up that's not what was happening so what was the inspiration and i would say in a more calm time it's never really super calm for black people which a lot of people are realizing now we are once we step out of the house we are a little bit on our guard Yes. And we code switch and do what we have to do to survive. We do all kinds of things to survive. Um, but we're very optimistic people collectively for the most part. And we're very forgiving people. But when you wrote Wake Up, it wasn't really at the height of this unrest that we're seeing now. So I'd love to hear about that process. Yeah. The words really resonated with me. Sure, sure. Um, the, the song Wake Up is, uh, is, it is um, unapologetically Black. Um, it is pro-black and hopefully that doesn't offend anybody but um, it is it's it's appropriate for today it was appropriate for yesterday and it's appropriate for the future Um, I know that uh, the black community uh, were cultivators were innovators um, were trendsetters and the premise of the song is wake up we need to wake up and do ourselves do ourselves a service and stay together stay together through the hardships through the the inequalities through the uh, the non uh through the through the resistance through everything um it it talks about history um it talks about our our black leaders from martin luther king to medgar evers to what is happening today 
Um, and I just feel that it's very personal for me because growing up in Los Angeles, uh, the, it was you know this is where gang the gang culture came from, and seeing so many. Oh, you're a native. I am a native. That's rare. Yes. I'm from. I'm from Chicago, so you know it's gang gang <laughs> you know, in Chicago as yeah. well. Um, you're gonna need some affiliation if you go to the county. Let's just keep right. it real. Um, but um, rarely is there a native, and so tell me more about that. Continue. Yes, um, born and raised LA. Um, I'm from uh, Mid City, Pico Crenshaw, and uh, I've seen my city uh changed for the better and the worse um starting from uh you know gang violence and murder uh crime to now what i'm seeing now is i'm seeing a, a heavy load of gentrification and i'm not seeing any uh reparations or or i'm not seeing any recognition i'm just seeing a lot of um you know businesses coming up uh but necessarily don't have uh, you know, uh, black faces around them, or, or, or black faces community. Um, so it just let me, yeah. let me ask you something. Were you alive when things kind of bubbled up in the nineties? I want to say it's the nineties um, during Rodney King. I was, <laughs> I was, I was very much alive, and uh, I was, uh, I was old enough to understand. Uh, what had taken place, um, what had transpired, and I was old enough to understand that the justice system is not equal. It's not fair. Um, I was old enough to understand that, I want to say it was uh, six police officers uh, walk away with uh, being untouched, uh, no charges brought upon them. And I saw my my city uh, was was that unrest it was you know it was uneasy and uh you know civil unrest and um and I saw my city burn uh coming home on the school bus every day I saw I saw my shopping center like it was burned down to the ground and it didn't get uh rebuilt for another four or five years and just seeing that 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 that, um that take place and the everything had got ravished and destroyed and it was a lot of uh apathy it was a lot of apathy uh, and I really couldn't understand it, but, you know, talking to my parents and understanding uh, the country that we live in and understand that uh, there is um, racism and uh, and hate and, and, and everything like uh, I, I really couldn't, you know, because I, I grew up. And I grew up uh, going to schools where I got a lot of diversity. So I've always been um, very uh, versed in, you know, different cultures, uh, getting along with others. And so when I when I saw the Rodney King, uh, I was angry. I was angry because I was old enough to understand that this man who had been beaten, brutally beaten, um, and it, and thankfully it was on camera back in the early 90s. And when there was no arrest made, there was no charges brought, that made everybody angry, particularly black folks, uh, mainly. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, we didn't have a lot of advocacy from other communities like we're doing today. Uh, it was just a lot of black voices then. And so... Yeah, it was kind of like our side of the story versus your side of the story. And I want to lean in a little bit into what you said about growing up and having a diverse set of friends because I was equally raised to have black pride and at the same time be open to different experiences and welcome older, younger people of different backgrounds and races uh, into your life uh, for, for friendship and for relationship. And, um, you know, there's a lot of studies coming out now that say, you know, one of the biggest problems is that, you know, I guess over 70 percent of uh, white people to a relationship, they don't have black friends. And so um, do you think that black people um, are trained, I hate the word trained, but are conditioned, conditioned to yeah. be a little bit more open to uh, 
diverse experiences with different people than white people are or white people raised to keep everything white right. to surround themselves with white people to do white things their whole lifestyle right. are they are are they conditioned to just value white experiences uh, I, I think that when you grow up in privilege um, and you are unconscious of anything else and all you know is your surroundings and all you know is um, your white counterparts and everything being around you white um, you you get lost you get lost in the sauce you know um, uh, for for me uh, and just for us um, I just feel like it's in, in innately in us uh, that we are a kind people we are a forgiving people that what we've seen you know with uh the the Botham John and just countless things that we, we we continue to forgive and forget for the uh for that part and we are we are a, a, a great power and we are a great people um and we we don't have we don't have hatred we, we we're not racist and and we can't be racist because we're not superior because it's not the majority in America. And so I just feel that uh, to bring it full circle, 2020, uh, we lost George Floyd in that heinous, uh, horrible, uh, horrific uh, 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 murder uh, that was caught on camera. I just feel that every, every, every American who saw that video got a chance because and here's another thing too nicole that 2020 has made things still uh and corona coronavirus has made everybody still and so, so because everybody's still and they're uh not doing the regular minutiae that they're they're doing and and everybody was able to hone in on what happened and they saw murder and they saw a black man get murdered and so for the first time i feel um whether you're white asian latino or other you were able to see the plight of the African-American man or woman, uh, including Breonna Taylor. Um, and our voices will not be silent and we will not be silent. And so for that, I just really feel that that was the awakening for America. Um, the I do, I yeah. agree. I feel like people have been quarantined or like, you know, you always see, you know, when the lights come on at the end of the club, at the end of the party, then you see what everybody really looks like. That's I, where the truth comes. That does. I, and, and that's my favorite part. <laughs> just, I, I love that. I love that everyone is just like, the party is, is fucking over. Yeah. You know, we, we are seeing everybody's true color. Yeah. And what, is, what I love that's different than previous movements, because there's been... Um, the abolition there's been a movement for black rights since we were brought right. here in 1619 right. we, for, we did not pool with what's going on for a very right. very long time so there's right and the, there's the abolition movement and civil rights and all that but what i love about this time is um like hassan minaj brought to light that the immigration act kind of piggybacks on the civil rights act and now you have and I don't know if you felt this too, but I felt this too. When I was going to school in middle school and high school and college, uh, Africans and Indians and Asians kind of seem very committed to their culture and in the zone, trying to yeah. achieve, get their bag, get their degree, and not really in standing in Come on. solidarity Come on. with the Black community. Absolutely. But yet they are here. Yeah really benefiting off of the work that people love to quote MLK and Martin Luther King all day long but when the most marginalized group of people do work and it leads to legislation and literally laws yes. everyone benefits yes. women benefit, everyone benefits yes. the disabled benefit black people and everyone in between brown people, Latinx community and so I don't like the way that I'm not saying I'm not welcoming immigrants. What I'm saying is there's this whole part of history that is whitewashed and presented to immigrants that is anti-black. 
Yes. And it leaves us out of the conversation and they don't even realize that what we have been, we are, they're closer to our situation than they are to the white situation. They cannot benefit from white supremacy because they are not white. They will, they will still always be other, but there's this separation of what well, we are, you know, Armenian or Persian or Jewish or whatever, a European immigrants, you know, European immigrants joint race riots against black people. Yes. Black people have been on this years, but yes. when it came down to drawing a line in the sand, European immigrants joined the KKK in brutalizing black families to not live in certain neighborhoods and things like that. So I love this conversation around now immigrants are seeing that even though it is tough to immigrate here and do that walk through the desert as a Mexican or whatever hardship you went through to get here at the end of the day it was a choice and you have not been trafficked here against your will in the bowels of a of a ship yes yes and there's a sacrifice (laughs) that the indigenous made and there's a sacrifice that the black people have made so it's this like there's this like separation and I, I just never I always felt some kind of way about it I don't know if I felt slighted or upset or disrespected like you know that we are standing on stolen land built for free by slaves there are unmarked graves and unmarked bones of my family in this ground yes yes um what i i i agree with your sentiments um i feel that so many different ethnicities nationalities they benefit off of black labor black lives black movements and it's been happening like you said since the beginning of time um african-american people we we built this country and with our 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 hands you know we, we literally built this country to what it is and we've we've seen so many other races benefit off our hard work and we still to this day don't get the recognition that we've earned that we deserve but i i you didn't see that you didn't we didn't have those voices and we can even talk about uh from the african community and you know it once again uh propaganda you know uh america will play it up so that black people and african africans which were ultimately the, the uh, we, we come from Africa, but they would play us uh, against each other. And we would look at them a certain type of way from the imagery, and they would look at us a certain type of way from the imagery from America. And so, yes, we didn't see that um, that uh, unity, that uh, cohesion. Uh, we just saw the benefits. Um, I, I was in my place of work uh, last week, and an uh, older black gentleman uh, went to... I want to say it was Princeton uh, or Columbia, one of one of the two, and and um, and he was basically saying um, the not oh affirmative action, affirmative action was put in place so that we could have a fighting chance, and that wasn't good enough, Nicole. That wasn't good enough that we had four hundred years of a uh, of behind the race. 400 years of no education, 400 years of the worst food, 400 years of the worst medical, and um, and 400 years of the, the the worst housing. That still wasn't good enough. So we fought and protested and voted and tried to get affirmative action put in place, and it was working in our favor. And that got stripped away. Uh, they saw it was too successful. Um, they did a study and they said that if you just accumulate the black dollar. Not even from the 60s, and I'm not certain, don't quote me, not even from the 70s, but from the 80s on, just the black dollar in America. We would be, I want to say, the 13th or 14th richest nation in the world. That's how that's how powerful our dollar is. That's how powerful of a people we are. And it's just time that we get the recognition, the support, the rights, the freedom, um, the 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 justice reform, the prison reform that we deserve. Um, 
I, I, I had to explain this to um, a brother from a different ethnicity group. And he said, you know, why is it uh, black lives matter? Like, just tell me, why is it black lives matter and not like all lives? And he wasn't trying to be offensive. And I, I had to explain to him. I said, listen, bro, you have to understand. Okay. I said, we weren't even looked at as hu- as a, a, a person, as a human. We were looked Correct. at as a, a, a one fourth of a human, as, as animals. We were looked property. at as property, as property. Correct. Like our lives didn't matter. And so in, in 2020, our lives have always mattered. And we need America to see that. We need America to look at themselves in the mirror. And when I say America, I'm talking about our, our white brothers and sisters because they are the uh, my, uh, majority and they are at the powers that, that be. And we, we, need to, we need to get that advocacy. We need to get that support. And we need to see change. We need to see change, Nicole. It's just, it's just bottom line is that. And so I had to explain to him that that's why Black Lives Matter. What nobody it's been hundreds of years of Black Lives don't matter. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. I and mean, it's, that seems really, really simple. I was, um, I, 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 what I love, like the things you see in Portland is this allyship where white people taking responsibility for white supremacy as a collective yes. and recognizing that and going out and now putting their bodies on the line because it's always been our bodies on the line you, That's you, it. Look at, you look at the legacy of John Lewis or whoever who may he rest um, and he is beaten bloody every day he's scared for the loss of his life and, and that's really the reality for every black man yeah. once you once you are in public there's something that could go awry if, if, if law enforcement are involved every time I've been pulled over I have had anxiety I've had panic you know in my body rightfully and so a lot of that is inherited PTSD as well but I wanted to talk to you about the financials you were talking about money and there are a lot of people who will bring up you know extraordinary black people like Oprah Winfrey and Michelle and Barack Obama or you know Jay-Z and Beyonce <laughs> and, and 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 it's like 60% of the black population is not living in those extraordinary circumstances right you're living below the poverty line right so um what you would see is a lot of black celebs uh, prior to this year mind you this year has activated everyone but prior to this year and a few years you know activism is about you know doing it when it's not cool when you don't have the camera on. yes and 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 you know everyone the capitalist mantra is get your bag get your money focus on your business get up hustle you know it's hustle culture get up don't focus on your race don't focus on your gender or what have you your circumstances you can always rise above you know growing up in poverty or the projects or what have you and now you see even tonight i was a little um I was a little sad watching the NFL in Kansas City and them trying to give a moment of silence um, for for equality, for Black equality, and and they were getting booed and things like Wait, that. Wow! I, and, so and, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not really into sports because I'm like a weird woo woo artsy farsy fucking witch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but you know, I I I also am interested in the the Black economy. Yeah. And, and there are certain areas where we have been welcome. We have always been entertainers always. and laborers. Right. We have always been someone to watch and enjoy, whether that's a boxing match, whether that's a tennis match, whether that's the NFL or the NBA. We're constantly entertaining. And the people who are making most of the money while we are making millions those players are making great money the people who are benefiting are the owners the people advertising it's a lot of white companies white people individually who have made fortunes billions off of our talent yes yes and i i think it's still taboo is so dehumanizing you're these people have families they're not just here to entertain and so the legacy of slavery continues where it's wow 
entertain, win a championship for me, dunk a basketball for me, sing for me, because slaves sang and and cooked yep. and raised children and did did so many things uh, for the white family. You know, they threw us slop and we made it gourmet. They threw us broken instruments and we made it a fiddle. You know, just always making lemonade out of lemons constantly. And it's like, when will we be welcome here instead of tolerated? It's like people, Amer- the average American white person likes their black culture very cherry picked. And now you see that regardless of class, even wealthy black people, which I've been saying, put the ball down. There is no sports in America without black women, right? So put the ball down and then you will really get the attention, which is why it was so controversial that Colin Kaepernick, you know, took the knee. Now that you see that, living here as a black man, do you feel like if you got to where you wanted to be, you made exactly the number, the income you wanted, would that... (laughs) at least protect you from a certain amount of marginalization no it does not and i i uh i first of all i didn't know that uh not only do i not really support the nfl if a game's on i might sit around you might catch my attention for at most 30 minutes but i and i even tell my clients i can never really look at the nfl the same again since the Kaepernick situation, since he took a knee and since he's been denied the opportunity. Forget about giving him a job. He's been denied the opportunity to try out for a job, right? So with that being said, I was watching my fabulous Lakers uh, go up 3-1 against the Houston Rockets. Shout out to Lakers. Um, But I totally agree with you. Um, I felt like they, these black men in the NBA were angry and they wanted to step away. And I was for them stepping away and canceling the season. You know, we live in this cancel culture. Well, let's cancel it. Let's cancel it. Let's 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 show your power. Um, you know, it's you mentioned like if I hit a certain dollar amount or if you hit like no, like I know that one thing about America and being more specific, white America, is that they can compartmentalize. They can look at LeBron James and revere and cheer LeBron James, but that that black man uh, at that at that gas station pump that you just pulled up next to, you're you're fearful or you don't you don't like what you see, you know. So I I know that that white America has that ability. So to hear that they got booed, that's that's very uh, disheartening. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad, um, you know. And, you know, I've always felt like the NFL was, you know, uh, you know, just just to be honest, just keeping it real, I always felt like the NFL was kind of like on some plantation stuff. They have these black men in these tight clothes, you know, and they're 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 um, they're they're expected to run fast, jump high, lift weights like it just feels like the slave block all over again. And you're, you're yeah, like they've kind come of on. created this game with black. Yeah, kind yeah. Of, what does like a stereotype? Co- and they're on the field. Literally. Come on. And you know, a lot of people don't talk about what happens to these men after the NFL. What they they've put into the, the yes, body. yes. They have brain damage. A lot of them, the, the suicide rate apparently is high after. Um, retiring a lot of them are broke within four years and that's nba too and that's a whole other thing it's like you don't take someone out of a low income situation situation hand them millions of dollars without any kind of structure and planning and i think they are better at that now it used to be like here's all the money and then they go all mc hammer on you (laughs) but um but now yeah they like their bodies you know are so yes brutalized and and the brain damage that's the worst part and the and the depression that happens yeah. afterwards yeah. and you know what the sad part yeah, is no i don't mean talks about that you know what no one talks nobody about talks about it, nicole and um shout out to one of my family friends he said that you know you can throw flags and you can do tests you'll never get um a solution with grown men grown strong men 
running into each other as fast and as hard as possible. And the sad part about it is, is that what people don't really realize is that the NFL players, they are the most educated and the most savvy out of all the athletes in America. They're required, required to spend, I believe, at least three years in college. You could redshirt your first year and then play the next two, but you're required to spend three years in college. And not only does that develop your body as a young man, it develops your mind as a young man. And so they know what's happening in America. They know what's happening to their bodies and they still put themselves out there on that field. And it's funny you said that, I never looked at that, on a field. You know, and they put their bodies and their their uh, their their brains and their their limbs and extremities, all these things, at risk for a paycheck. That you know, once again, the NFL doesn't have guaranteed contracts. You know, so you're you're playing up to these owners who really don't give a damn. They really don't give a damn because guess what? Once they've had enough of you, <laughs> they they trade you. Once they've the once they've gotten their profit or once they've gotten you know their their victories they get rid of you and i've seen it time and time again and so you know the black athlete has so much power uh they have so much influence uh i just wish that i i, I you know what I, I mean i'm just being honest like if they if the nba players were to walk away i think that would have been a domino effect I think it would have been a domino I effect. I think it totally would have. I, if you look at Serena, if you look at Naomi Osaka wearing pretty much, you know, deceased black men on her mask, you know, going out to these match, matches at the U.S. Open, um, there's less fear. I, I, I noticed that with each generation, there's less fear and there's less selfishness. I think there's a big fear when you grow up with nothing you have the opportunity to raise your family up your community your friends your family it's hard to sacrifice that for the bigger cause this is your ticket this is your chance because it is difficult to come out of poverty when you've been there for generations and every and the odds are stacked against you i think that's a difficult decision when all the owners are white and the coaches are white you you and you don't have enough people that look like you in leadership roles. Hell, they just started right. uh, allowing black men to be quarterbacks. Right. There really wasn't any black quarterbacks. Yeah. That was like a big a big thing. Yeah. And I don't even know that much about sports, but I know that. Can I, can I, can I drop just a, a history fact real quick? It, uh, yeah. Warren Moon. Yeah. Warren Moon. Um, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he happens to be black. He was denied the quarterback position, which he absolutely like like set records did tremendous in college and he should have been projected like a top 10 pick if this were today he would be top five he had to go to canada to play football as a a quarterback because he got marginalized and he was told that you can't play quarterback you need to pick another position and so he went had to go to a different country because the sport he loved didn't love him back and so he had to play quarterback in Canada until he finally was accepted to come back in America. And through, despite all that hardship and all that, um, all that, uh, what do you call it, uh, re- resistance and in, 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 uh, equality, he was able to come back to the NFL, did, did great enough that he put up the numbers and he is a Hall of Famer today. And so, yes, um, we, we still see it. We still see it. And so it, it is hard. It is hard to see. It's hard to get past that hump, that heel, when you don't see familiar faces. And I love uh, this documentary I saw, and it was, and it, it's, it's, it's a black documentary. And it says, you can't know where you're going until you know where you're from. And so if we're not being taught about black kings and the first people, because we know the first man was black. And if we're not being taught that, and we're being taught this American history, this this these uh, this false narrative, um, and we we grow up in knowing white history or 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 this this American history that is uh, based upon um, uh, fiction and lies and non-truth, then how 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 can you uh, you know aspire to be something greater when you don't see your own kind? 
in power positions. So yes, we are behind the eight ball and this was an opportunity for us to get in front of the eight ball. And we, we did what we always do. We, we, we were, we became, uh, the, the, the peacemakers and, uh, we were forgiving and we, we let these, uh, owners and these, uh, companies that, that benefit off of, uh, sponsors, sponsorships and all these things. We, we allowed them to, to continue to gain wealth. And while we get pennies, they gain wealth. And so there is definitely a gap. There is, um, definitely, uh, uh, you know, just this misconception that we still haven't, uh, perceived and we need to wake up (laughs) going back to the song. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. Let me ask you this about being an artist, um, because I get a little bit of an attitude. It's a double-edged sword. I feel like I don't necessarily need someone whose life is to be an artist and they create their art and they sell their art and they monetize it and that's their gift and talent. They are, I don't believe that like Alicia Keys should be president, right? Just because right. she's great, a great composer and writer and singer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, there's a lot of hero worship. It's like, and, and we can go to Kanye. Like, even if I like Kanye as a producer, I don't want him leading our country. And so, but on the other side of that too, it's like, sometimes I want them to get involved. Like, like for instance, you know, if you're making money off of black culture and, and blackness and and it's usually with black artists, it's black media and your immediate community that support you before you go mainstream, before other cultures learn about you. Mm-hmm. It's your own people. There, It's the black radio stations and the DJs and all those people that are promoting you to a certain point. And then usually when you get to a certain point, you change up teams and you white team that could take it to the next level meaning like a Super Bowl commercial or what have you and I feel some kind of way I don't know what it is mixed feelings when I see someone like let's say who has benefited her career mostly is built on black music and black culture you know what I'm saying she's singing the n-word and things like this always can I say the n-word not can I fight for your equality you know and the same with Drake like I love that Drake is this mega star off of rap and he's global and all that other kind of stuff and you know he's mixed but he's a black man that's how he's viewed and that's how he identifies just not a peep at all about what's going on how can you not right feel anything for these black men who may or may not ever get to your level of income and influence and fame to to then be able to insulate themselves away from disparity and so I, I, I don't know it's like I don't want them to lead us and at the same time I feel like people have huge platforms and resources to do what they're doing like I feel some kind of way that Diddy was like vote 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 and now that we have a black woman on the ticket it's crickets mm. you know now that we have the I can't breathe and you're kneeling now that that's accepted in the NBA but then only 20% of the NBA is registered to vote mm. I feel some kind of I feel some kind of way mm. yes yeah. so do you feel like artists have a responsibility or they should be free and we should really not look to them for you know leadership guidance activism advocacy great question okay so your moral compass you know uh you know what what helps you sleep at night you know uh does you know like securing the bag does that help you sleep at night you know, um, does turning your back on the community that's raised you and made you what you are, does that help you sleep at night because you're getting that bag? Um, you know, it, 
it's um it's all on the individual it's all in the individual and it's unfortunate that we live in <laughs> it really is unfortunate Nicole it's like that we put we put the pressure and the expectations on these people like who are you know entertainers um that we give them so much power and 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 so much leverage that we expect uh so much out of them but at the end of the day they're human and they're after you know at the end of the day they're after their greater good and if their greater good is securing the bag and securing their future that's unfortunate that's the honest truth that's unfortunate because money is nothing money is it's it, it it's 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 an entity but it doesn't make you who you are right it didn't it didn't you did what you did when you didn't have money and so when you when you got to the money it should really it should show you who you are and a lot of times Nicole what you're saying you know as far as Drake and and PD you know when you're comfortable at 11 o'clock at night in your silk sheets and your silk pajamas you know sometimes you forget about the ones that helped you get to get you uh, get you where you were started and and got your start and it's just unfortunate it's unfortunate that you know wealth and finances a lot of times is the end all be all for a lot of people and you know back to the just qualifications you know what, what you know when you when you're a president of a of the United States you're required to at least finish college and the person who sits on who's the the leader of the free world today he he didn't do that he didn't finish college in fact he I don't even know if he went but I know that he wasn't successful at it and I know that he's not very educated I know that all that he thinks about is the dollar and if that is the bar if that's the new precedent precedent then yes we are giving people like Kanye West a voice we are giving people uh like Kanye West and others the right to to go for such a prestigious honorary well, I don't even know how prestigious and honorary it is because as far as before Barack Obama it was all white men and i want to say about 80 90 99% of them you know looked after their own which are which is white america and so um you know it's it is just it's it's tough it it's tough because they're not perfect and they shouldn't be put on this pedestal or given this much responsibility but the culture we live in today and it's is very what can you do for me now you know and what have you done for me culture and so we put this responsibility on these entertainers and at the end of the day they're just trying to secure their future and we're yeah, we're so... overlooking we're overlooking the, the 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 little people like like you said we have a we have a, a a black candidate on the ticket and it's crickets It's crickets. It's it, 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 as a black woman and knowing what that means to be in your body and be a couple of others checked on the boxes, right? It, it it's 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 tough, and um, you know, she's not getting treated the same way that Barack was being treated on the ticket, and it's partially because she is a woman. Yes, you know, and um. I I'm going to ask you a controversial question as a black man because this has me in my feelings a lot lately. You know, seeing support for people like R Kelly and Bill Cosby and now Kanye. For me, Kanye hanging out with Trump 
and still being on that platform and then now creating a distraction in the election is anti-community, is anti-Black, it's anti-us. That doesn't make me want to buy Yeezys. No. Right? No. But what you see is you still, I don't know if Black people are compartmentalizing, you'll see Black men, they look up to Kanye, they celebrate him, he's still a hero for them, and they're still buying Yeezys and also the kind of stuff. Can you, because I'm not a Black man, you know, is there something that I'm missing there in terms of unity? Or is it like, man, I'm trying to get my bag and, you know, Kanye is that dude and I like Yeezys and blah, blah, blah. I don't really care so much about that politics stuff. Is it just like a separation or I know it's wrong, but I don't give a fuck. Um, well, let me, let me do this real quick. La, 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 wait till I get my money right. La, 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 then you can't tell me nothing, right? And so I, I, I kind of had like an epiphany. <laughs> I was in the shower and I was playing my playlist and that song came on. And I just really felt like, Nicole, he was, he was telling us, check this out, this is deep. He was telling us back then who he really was. Wait till I get my money right. At, when he made that song, he was a millionaire. He is so entrenched in millions and so entrenched in, you know, hip hop. He's a billionaire. He's, he's a, a billionaire. Yeah, he's a, right. And he, he, exactly, because you tie him with his, his, his wife, he's for sure. You know, you put those together and all. He has wealth, right? And so he was kind of telling us who he was. You can't tell me nothing, and you know what I'm saying, until I get my money right. His money is all the way right, and he's out here, uh, not only is he, is he spitting and spewing blasphemy, but he is taking away momentum from the greater good. And listen, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, people may not like them, but they are for- Man, they are they're excited. No one's excited about Biden at all. At all. My vote is damn near for Kamala. I'm rooting for her. And and I love that. And and, and Nicole, what you need to understand too is that, and I I heard this over 10 years ago, and it's always resonated with me. Nicole, you are a black woman and you are a triple minority. You are a triple minority. You are a woman, you are black, and you are a black black woman. And, And therefore, you get put down on that totem pole. You get, and like you just said, you brought up a great point that we don't see any of this advocacy. We don't see any of this vote now and for, for Kamala. Like, why can't we be equally happy and excited for somebody who's decorated, who's educated, and who's put in the work? And listen. Highly accomplished. Highly accomplished. Highly nobody's accomplished. perfect. Nobody's perfect. No, no. And I, I wouldn't, listen, ain't nobody clean on this earth. <laughs> you know, the only people that are clean are children until they get exposed to the the nastiness and and everything else that this this world has to show children but people want to bring up her past and everything like that it, listen politics is dirty show me one show me one legitimate or truthful or honest politician and I'll show you a flying pig you know it's just it's politics it's that's what it is and so yes it's I, I have a problem with a triple minority. I have a problem with a black woman not getting the credit that uh, more so a black man would get. We're one, okay? So it, it takes a black man and a black woman to make a black child. Let's not forget that. And so it, it's, it's not right. It's not right. And we need, to, we need to wake up. We need to wake up and see what is at stake in America today. Um, we have a white supremacist uh, ain't holding nothing back. He's a white supremacist. Um, somebody told me the other day, and I couldn't just sit there and say I, that I disagreed with him. And if you disagree with me, hey, that's your opinion. This is my opinion. But somebody said that they feel that he, he if he could, if he got the backing, he would he he would be the new Hitler. Like he's not for he's not for anybody but his own and primarily people with money you know and what what we're seeing is this we're seeing this um 
this shift where they're trying to wipe out the middle class, the, 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 the hardworking people, and they're trying to make it rich and poor. And more so, they're trying to make it, if we're being real, black and white. Um, and and that's, that's not America. That's not America for 2020. And going back to what you said about 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 Oregon and shout out to Washington, Seattle, Washington and, and places other yeah. in, in Washington. Shout out to our white brothers and sisters who are advocating for us and putting their bodies and their lives at risk and f- for the greater cause, which is black rights. Um, it's uh, 2020 uh, has been messed up and it's also been a really it's been an awakening. It's been an awakening for America. It's, been a it's, it's really been. A it really has, Nicole. It really has. It has. Um, I, you circle to wake up, which is just really the <laughs> the entire chat, and I really appreciate your time and your your thoughts and your passion on it. Um, when I read about the wake up and the vote initiative, everyone listening, I hope you are registered to vote already. But if not, please register to vote by October 19th. Um, what is the easiest way for people to uh, access your work, your art, this song? Where should they go? Okay, um, so as far as the song Wake Up, we have not put it out yet. We are pr- premiering it. We are promoting it. We are putting it out next week, September 16th. We are going to, we are going to, tie it in with what's happening right now with uh, voter suppression, with the lack of um, uh, people registered to vote. Uh, back to what you're saying, 20% of the league is, is registered, which is a sad number. You know, hopefully they can hear Wake Up. Hopefully, like, Wake Up can can reach these communities that don't feel like they have a voice. And hopefully Wake Up will give them a voice, will, will inspire them to register to vote. So Wake Up is not out. It'll be out on Spotify. It'll be out on Apple Music uh, September 16th. But in the meantime, I um, my artist name, Travis Phillips. I am on Spotify. You could type in Travis Phillips. You could find a few of my songs on there. Um, I am uh, going to put out an EP, if not later this winter. And it's funny saying winter because L.A., we don't have a winter. <laughs> but later, yeah, okay. <laughs> later this winter... <laughs> right. Uh, you don't have seasons. Seasons are such a, <laughs> such a joke here. But yeah, I had to get used to that from Chicago. Cause that's a real winter, you know. But uh, yeah, does not live in LA, so yeah. Right, right. Uh, but uh, if not late uh, late winter, I'm putting out my my EP. It will be out first thing 2021. I'm excited about it. Um, I I love this to sing to write music. Um, I love to inspire. Um, it's easy for me to do what's happening right now and 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 do what's trendy, but I'm not a trendy guy. Like you know, I um, I uh, I I feel I I I'm, I'm a human. I, I have emotions, and so I just try to pour that into my work. And wake up was um, like I said, I, I did that a little while ago, and for it to still be prevalent, and it will be prevalent, I can guarantee you, ten years from now. And so on and so forth. I, uh, I'm excited about uh, the release, and let's wake up, people. Let's wake up as a nation. Let's vote. Let's let's turn this around, and let's do what's right for 2021. Yeah, we we really gotta get active, keep our foot on the gas, and go beyond the bag. How about that? Mm, I like that. Travis, I appreciate you so much for your time. Um, and being on You Have to Wear Something. Um, next time we'll do a lighter show about what does an artist like yourself wear, which I'm usually talking about wardrobe and clothing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this eight. year requires, this yeah. year requires um, uh, a very various things. So I appreciate yeah. you and um, I'm sure we'll talk again. Congratulations on your song and we look forward to hearing it on September 16th. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nicole, for having me and um, for your audience. Uh, I appreciate you for listening. Um, 
Look, let's let's be a let's be a better nation. Let's be a better people. Um, God is love, and at the end of the day, you know you should love thy neighbor. And if you don't love thy neighbor, respect respect thy neighbor. And let, let's let's move forward. Let's progress in life. Absolutely. And as I always say, until next time when you have to wear something, peace. All right. <laughs>